back by no one's demand but our own and from our home office here in beautiful scenic quarantine, Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the 615 Sessions podcast powered by Tennessee Tickets, brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Sports, it seems are on the verge of making a return in some form or fashion. Today in particular, we saw some news from both Major League Baseball, actually from a variety of different leagues, baseball, hockey, and professional football, advancements being made on the front of implementing some kind of return to play. So to discuss that today, we have Emily Proud, and Adam Vingan of WKRN News 2 and The Athletic, respectively. Our friends make a return to the pod. We discuss that and many other things, including our thoughts on The Last Dance, as the dance has already passed us by. We have no more dances left to have, it would seem. And now our Sundays are going to be left barren until sports returns. In the meantime, let's get to Emily Proud and Adam Vingan. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast with some familiar faces that we are very happy to see now that the podcast originates on both YouTube and in your podcast feeds. It is Emily Proud of WKRN News 2 and our buddy Adam Vingan, the Athletics Predators writer. Fam, it's good to have you back in some capacity. We spent a little time bullshitting beforehand, but now we're here. We're going to talk shop. Uh, it puts a big smile on my face to see both of you. It puts a big smile on my face too, my friends. It's good to see you both. <laughs> can you can you see us right now? I didn't realize that. Well, I know you can. Can the, the viewers see us? Oh yeah, no. This oh. listen. Oh, we oh, we the, some the the pandemic has uh, has uh, wrought all manner of destruction across our society at large. But for the benefit of me. And solely me and the company that I work for, we can now YouTube the podcast. So this is available to all the folks at home. Wave hi, Em. You can see me waving. Yes. Very, very That's why I opened the window to get some natural light in here. (laughs) And see, Emily Emily just looks like this on a normal basis. She's all done up. I'm sitting here. I don't think I've showered today. I'm in a Stanley Cup uh, 2017 (laughs) t-shirt looking like a bum. But we're here. We're going to talk about the NHL. A little bit and the proposal that Pierre Lebrun Adams colleague at the athletic wrote about the NHL trying to for not force but moving forward with the return the idea force is accurate I think uh, they're trying to force it it's a lot well and we will get to that momentarily we'll also spend a little time on why the Titans aren't coming back even though theoretically they would be allowed to on Tuesday they're gonna stay out of their facility And we thought since everybody's watching the Jordan documentary or has just concluded the Jordan documentary, we would get our friends Adam and Emily's thoughts on The Last Dance. But let's start with this hockey stuff because I read uh, Pierre's article from yesterday, of course, The Athletic, well worth your subscription for all of the local coverage as well as the national coverage that they provide on all your favorite sports. Vingen, uh, Emily, I I assume you had a chance to skim if not read the full the full article from Pierre. So we are so we're all on the same page here. What do you think of the yes. NHL's proposal as Pierre wrote about it? 
What do you think the likelihood of it is? Do you think that this is like the NFL, like they're forging ahead with, with zero foresight at the time that we saw the NFL move forward with their draft and their offseason as normal? Bingen, we'll start with your thoughts, seeing as you, uh, you have so much passion about it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't love the idea of, of the 24 teams, and I understand where the NHL is coming from. You know, one thing about the NHL compared to the other professional leagues like the NFL and the NBA particularly is that it is a gate-driven league, not a broadcast-driven league. So the NHL relies on fans attending the games, um, even though they probably won't be able to uh, if and when the season starts. They have to do their best to drum up as much interest in as many markets as possible. And by putting 24 teams in the playoffs or even starting with 24 teams and having some sort of round-robin type tournament to whittle down the number to the typical 16, you are getting bigger markets in there. Anytime anyone mentions the 24-team playoff, they always mention that Chicago would be in it and Montreal would be in it. And those are two of the biggest markets in the NHL in their respective countries and general. So... Personally, I have always been of the mind that the fewer teams that, that restart the season, the better, just because it's fewer teams that they have to worry about from a logistical standpoint. My personal preference has always been to have a 20-team tournament, so at four teams, so 10 teams from each conference, have seven play 10 and eight play nine in a MLB wildcard type round, whether that's just a one-game in, win-in-your-in situation or maybe you have a best of three series. There was a, a few months ago, it feels like a few months ago, it may have only been a couple of weeks ago, but it was recently that the idea point, was really, flowing. Yes, what, what time is, is no longer time is no longer a construct, but <laughs> there was this idea of maybe having like an aggregate score type of thing, like you see in soccer, whether it's one game or two games or three games, what have you. Uh, so I've always liked the idea of keeping the field expanding the field but not too much because it's easier to deal with 20 teams coming back than 24 teams coming back and 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 even if the season does restart there's always going to be an asterisk to this season I mean the Predators could win the Stanley Cup and it would be great for them of course but everybody else would recognize it as sort of the Stanley Cup champion there would certainly be an asterisk involved so I'm of the mind that if they do come back, try to keep it as normal as possible. I know that you're not going to be able to. I also dislike the idea of having any sort of regular season games. Just go right to the playoffs. No, um, don't have no, the teams no. that are way out of it be involved. The Detroit Red Wings, who are one of the worst teams in the history of the NHL this season, should not be involved. Why have them come back to play You know, four or five meaningless games just so some team on the bubble can play? however many games they need to play. Um, you know, I'm holding out hope that the season will return. Uh, I've gone from cautiously optimistic to glass half empty. I'm just not sure uh, it's feasible at this point, but I will be happy to see it and watch it and cover it if it does come back. Yeah, I, I agree with everything that, that you just said. I, I do think... You said you, a lot, Em. Are you sure? You said a lot. You agree with I everything? No, I mean... It was a bit I, of a soliloquy. <laughs> it, it was, but you, you said a lot of uh, important things in there too that, that need to be considered when you are you know, coming back. And 
in whatever way, shape, or form that looks like. I do think the Montreal and Chicago factor is definitely a factor. They want to try to get those teams in there because of the, the market size and everything. But I think two big things that need to happen and, and two big things that I got from this article. Um, number one is everybody needs to come back at the same time. If you, if you go straight into a playoff format, I don't think buys should be a a thing because nobody's been playing for months how long have they been playing I think that it's a it's an advantage for the teams that, that play first so I definitely don't think that um, you should do any any sort of buy whether that's the 2014 format or 20 I think everybody needs to just start at the same time and then second they've got to do something not not necessarily um, starting to, to play in, in whatever capacity that looks like, but they've got to start planning towards what that looks like. So whether that's a certain training period um, where they're getting their hockey muscles back because they're not skating or, or doing any um, anything similar, they need to start doing something in that regard. But I think the, the biggest factor in all of this is a big chunk of the league is off in other countries and there's a travel ban right now and they can't come back. And when they do end up figuring out how they do, uh, how they can come back, um, you got to quarantine for, for two weeks, probably. So they need to get going and start up with some sort of phased plan. Uh, and the number one thing is getting those players back internationally, um, getting them here domestically and um, to their respective teams, get the quarantine underway, get those two weeks in, and then try to form up some sort of playoff plan. I think that's just what I've been waiting for for a long time from the NHL and hearing something from, from Gary Bettman and the decision makers um, to come out and say, okay, this is our plan. It is subject to change, but we are planning something. Um, and there, there's just a lot of hoops to jump through before we even get to playing any sort of meaningful hockey. God, and to Emily's point, lives uh, are subject to change at this point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to Emily's point, uh, Gary Bettman did some sort of sports business conference uh, mm -hmm. uh, today. Um, according to my, my friend, Nick Katsunika, who covers the league for NHL.com. And to Emily's point about European or overseas player, or, you, know, um, you know, players that are not in, the, in North America, Gary Bettman said that, this is from Nick, Bettman said 17% of players are outside North America. And there are plenty from the Predators who are, who are outside of North America. Matthias Ekholm, uh, Victor Arvidsson, Callie Yarncroak. Uh, Ryan Ellis, Dante Fabro, uh, Corbinian Holzer, UC Soros. There, there are a lot of, of important Predators players uh, who are not in uh, North America right now. And as they made the decision to go back to their home countries during uh, the coronavirus pandemic, that was certainly something that they had to weigh. Um, and as Emily mentioned, when the time comes for the league to start up, if it, if it indeed does start up, those players are going to have to find ways to get back to North America. There were players, not necessarily Predators players, but they, there were NHL players who, you know, pooled their money together and, and, and rented charter planes to fly them uh, overseas because there were no commercial flights. Matthias Ekholm, his wife, Ida, and their son, William, according to Matias, took the last commercial Scandinavian Airlines flight um, from, I can't, I, I can't remember if it was from Newark or Chicago, um, but they took the last commercial flight back to Stockholm and they're currently situated about two hours north of Stockholm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that will be a, a treacherous or circuitous journey for uh, Matias to get back uh, to Nashville, if that is indeed the case. But 
there are, are a lot of balls in the air and sooner rather than later, the NHL is going to have to come up with a plan because their uh, stated intent is to make sure that next season is an 82 game season. Now, of course that could mean that the season starts later. It doesn't have to start in October. It could, it could start, it could start in November or December, uh, but they want to make sure that next season isn't, significantly affected by what's happened this season. And the longer they wait, the harder it is going to be to do that. that that's why I look at all of this again, Emily proud of channel uh, of WKRN news Two and Adam Bingen of the athletic kind of enough to give us some of their time on the six one five sessions podcast. The logistics of it uh, seem like an impossibility to me for a variety of reasons. When you're talking about how spread out the players are and much less the idea that anybody would be comfortable asking other people, especially coming from overseas, to get on a plane at this point. There's all kinds of moral issues that arise with this kind of thing. And it brings up the idea that the NHL has explored playoff hubs, four playoff hubs for these games to take place, however they would segment the tournament itself. And you look at the idea of this kind of thing and you say, well, can you really in good conscience Ask and I know that there have been as as Greg wish. Oh, you guys can't hear. Can you guys hear me or no? Did I drop? <laughs> what happened? You yes. dropped. You're you back. dropped. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Where where did I? Uh, what what I was playoff I making a funny hubs. face? The playoff hubs. Mm-hmm. Was I making a funny face? You were. Yeah, yes. I got a picture. Don't you fucking tweeted out, Emily. So, oh my god. <laughs> I won't. I won't. <laughs> And now I got to edit out an f bomb out of this. All right, uh, <laughs> playoff hubs for the NHL. Four of them have been proposed. There have been, according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN, double-digit teams that have entered into the running to host their cities to host these playoff hubs. They would obviously be subject to approval by state and local governments. Do you guys, having spoke, having been on these conference call Zooms, as so many of us are, has there been any indication from the Predators that they have submitted their services in Bridgestone Arena to be one of these playoff hubs? What is the feeling of the organization on the idea of Nashville participating in this kind of way? Well, perhaps this is an admission that I haven't been doing my job as well during the Bingen, pandemic. Bingen, there's nothing else to do. What are you doing? I'm so, I was pausing for you to answer, Bingen, because I have no answer for that but either. I, so. I, I, have, <laughs> I, I, I have not, I have not asked, um, but um, I would think that Nashville would not be considered among uh, the reports of the, of the specific cities, Nashville, has not come up in those in those reports and there are there are multiple things that are being weighed in these uh, discussions about hub cities of course you know you're, you have to look at you know the the effect of the coronavirus and in, in those particular cities like for for example New York would never be considered because of how how uh, rampant the coronavirus pandemic has been in the New York New Jersey area Another thing you have to consider is facilities. You think of hotels. You know, for example, there was a report this morning from Pierre Lebrun or Bob McKenzie. They're, you know, they both work for TSN. One works for The Athletic, but they're basically one person. Um, <laughs> they, they, one of them reported that it's possible that there could be two hubs with 12 teams in each hub, and one of the uh, hubs that was being considered was Las Vegas. Now, what works well for Las Vegas 
is that they have more than enough hotel space where basically the NHL could take over a resort and, and hold their players there and keep them quarantined uh, from the rest of the goings on in Sin City, even though uh, Las Vegas has been uh, very much hurt by the pandemic. But decidedly uh, lacking in sin at this present. Yes, time. there's not a lot very of much so in Las Vegas at this point. No, but you also have to consider the amount of facilities. Um, you know, Minnesota was a popular location for the Central Division hub, and one thing that works in Minnesota's favor is just the sheer number of hockey rinks that they have. Whether not just the rink where the Wild play, but they've got college, they've got high school, they've got community rinks. There are plenty of. It's a practice. state more prone to hockey. There's higher participation of hockey among the populace. The facilities yes. reflect that. Yes. So I think when you consider those things about those particular hubs, and, and you think about Nashville in those particular instances, there are certainly plenty of hotels and, and places of that nature, but there were only, what, six sheets of ice? You have Bridgestone Arena, two at Ford Ice, two at Centennial, and two, so you have eight with the two at Bellevue. So that's seven or eight, I'm not great at math, um, rinks, which, it would be, which would not be enough, I don't think, uh, for these teams to maintain the social distancing. So I'm not sure Nashville, plus while Tennessee is certainly in the process of reopening, uh, I'm not sure uh, the Predators have the necessary things that the NHL would be seeking to host multiple teams at the same time. I feel like I'm going to have to drop into one of these one of these Pred Zooms so I can so I can be the hardcore hockey journo and ask the pressing questions, Bingen. What I just I don't understand what you've been doing if you're not attending these Zoom calls or not uh, or not asking these kinds of questions. Well. Uh, spoiler alert, um, I, I have been uh, working on uh, a couple of stories. Uh, <laughs> I've been working on a couple of stories uh, coming up for next week. Uh, the Athletic is running a TV blitz, as we like to call them, blitzes, these series of stories. We're doing one this week. We're doing a memorabilia blitz. Uh, next week, we're also doing an alumni blitz, and I've got a couple of Predator stories for that. But Sounds very aggressive. For- for the TV Blitz, yes. For the TV Blitz, I'm working on two stories, uh, one of which involves the greatest cameos by professional athletes in professional wrestling. Okay. So I've been working on, I've been working on that for right now. So I would like to paint a picture of what these Zoom calls look like, by the way. I think Buck is expecting it to be, you know, like what we do with the Titans, because I have the perspective of I'm, I'm hopping on both. Um, it's part... Uh, questions from journalists and media and part questions from fans because it's live on Facebook while they're doing it. So it's not, uh, I'm going to grill you and try to get um, all these answers out of you. It's kind of a session to just check in on the players and to see what they've been doing in quarantine. Fuck your face. Would you like to explain it? What the hell is? Yeah. They interject in some of the media questions to ask some fan questions because they're also streaming these Zooms on Facebook. Okay. So, so I need this not is the much, time to ask the serious. This is questions. so much more important than whatever the hell we were just talking about for the first 20 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> what do you mean they allow fans in the press availability? No, no, See, no, no. They're not there. They're 
they're streaming this press availability okay. on Facebook. And so they have these fan questions that I believe come from just anybody. That well, they comes. go to a moderator and they say, so we have, yes. we have questions from Johnny in Smyrna, Tennessee. Yeah. It's like if, when, if, like if Robbie called on us and took a step back and said, okay, Buck, I'll get to you in a second. But first we have a fan question from some random person. And that it's kind of, it's an intermix of both. Vigan, is there like a is there like a hockey writers union that you all can protest this kind of stuff? What is there this? Is a, there is a hockey writers union. <laughs> Tell them to get the hell out of here with the fan question. You are angry. I just picture Mike Vrabel taking fan questions. <laughs> on a, That's a wonderful. I'm legitimately <laughs> upset because it would just be it would be you know because I, I there's it's I don't know what the difference is. Also, are. speaking of Mike Vrabel, I just want to say this: I do not buy for one second that his son was not taking a shit on national. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either, Vengan. I don't buy it. No way. There is who, no way. Who would be angle. sitting on a stool? Why would he be sitting on a stool in a back room somewhere? Whatever. And why would you said. have the door wide open oh, when because, you have a lot of people in your main area? Because, Emily, these people are foul. And if Mike Vrabel's household screams anything to me, it's that people poop with the door open. You That's don't think that Mike Vrabel's house is just basically a frat house? I mean... <laughs> It's just dip spitters strewn about the draft. There are probably some form of Greek letters hanging outside on a banner on his porch <laughs> that don't mean anything. The best He's, Mike Vrabel Mike Vrabel looks like I've ever gotten is Mike Vrabel looks like a human tribal tattoo. Yes, that would. Yes, that is the best one. That would yes. indicate. You don't think Mike Vrabel? You don't think Mike Vrabel is sitting in a toga right now, like when he's not on a call? I don't want to picture that. <laughs> listen, listen, if Mike, if Mike was smart about marketing in the way that they seem to want him to do for the Tennessee Titans, Mike would, would implement a fan toga party. Whenever we're able to have Titans games back, it would be a toga party for the Titans. And that would be no, no blue out where you're not selling the right color blue shirts. or you don't have the AJ Brown jerseys. You don't have the Jeffrey Simmons jerseys. None of these poorly executed plans that they are having out. Mike Vrabel needs to institute a toga party at the first home game that fans are able to attend. I think I would not have been surprised. I would not have been surprised to see, uh, you know, people doing keg stands at Vrabel's house during the NFL draft. I mean, that was just a great example of, it just looks like he lost all total control. I mean, I I have to give power to him because I can't even imagine how difficult quarantine is with children, let alone grown children with nothing to do. So I, I feel for him in that sense, but yeah, that was, that was a pretty good look into um, what's going on in the variable household and how he has just totally lost control. Very revealing, certainly. So because (laughs) Zoom has its limitations and we only have a certain amount of meeting time left remaining, I would like to get your guys' thoughts on the way out the door on the last dance. We all communally watched it. It's the only sports-related thing that we're going to be able to do unless you are going to attach yourselves to NASCAR at this stage in the game, which, based on my facial hair, I have clearly done. But the last dance, episodes 9 and 10 concluded. Vingan has not yet seen 10, but I have informed him that it was essentially just, you know, a fluff piece on the way out the door. Very happy for my. That's not exactly what you said. No, but I, I know. <laughs> mine, mine was much more expletive laden. Emily, yes. we'll get your thoughts first on the 10-part Michael Jordan documentary series. I think it just, I can't even judge it because I needed it so badly, yeah. good or bad. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I can't even begin to, to talk about the production value or if, you know, it was too long or whatever. I, I would have taken 
two more weeks worth, two more months worth, honestly, um, of this documentary injected into my veins. But no, I think I think they did a good job. I I do think the biggest debate that will come out of this is was this just a Michael Jordan celebratory puff piece? Because was it a ten hour Nike commercial? Pretty much. Which is I mean, how I felt I, about it. I don't think that I could uh, pull off Jordans, but I really just want to buy them now. So they got me. Um, they, they, they got their exactly what they wanted to happen. But no, I, I don't think that it was controversial by any means. I think it just made everybody nostalgic of the 90s and of, um, you know, it just upped the debate between LeBron and Michael Jordan. And it's just so hard to compare. And everybody wants to say the NBA is so soft compared to it. But it was just a nice uh, nostalgic escape from what we were currently going through. So I, I, I don't see it as any shocking piece of journalism or any new uncovered information. Vegan, do you hate Jordan because you're a dookie? No, actually. <laughs> um, but the one thing about the documentary that's that stood out to me is I have never seen anybody who can come up with such perceived slights in the snap of one's fingers. Like the best one was when, uh, when he, I can't remember which episode it was, but he was talking about walking by George Carl at a restaurant in Chicago during the NBA. It was against this when they were playing the Sonics in this, in the NBA finals. And he walked by George Carl, who did not acknowledge him as he walked by. He's like, oh, you're not going to acknowledge me? I'm going to kick your ass. Like, it was just, it, it did not matter. Like, and he came up with, he, he came up with things out of the blue. Like, there, this, you know, he would make up things in order to get motivated. But he I literally say, made up somebody selling him good game. It's, he's an insane person with a baseball bat and chewing on a cigar like Al Capone. Yes, but my, I will have to say this with the limited time that we do have is that I did watch the first five to ten minutes of episode nine uh, this morning, and I thought of you, Buck, just because they were playing the Indiana Pacers. And that woman who was shout that woman, yes. that blonde woman, they Karen. kept going back to in the crowd, that, that woman was nuts. But she looks like anyone, she looks like the type of, you know, Indiana housewife in the late 90s. She's the, she's the, emblematic of the entire state. They're all blonde, white, <laughs> uh, blue eyes. No, who is that? Is that someone I should is that someone I should know? Apparently, it's Tracy Cornett. <laughs> <laughs> Based on her claims on social media that have now yes. been disputed, the uh, of course, I, Tracy Cornett works for Channel Four. Yes. I yes. Think. Okay, Channel Four uh, uh, news anchor over there. Emily Proud of WKRN. You can catch her on News 2 Sports Coverage, wherever that is, that you can find it. Of course, Channel 2 on your television. You can follow them on WKRN, News 2 Sports, as is so prominently displayed on her backdrop there. Emily and I, this will, this will, this will have passed by the time the people hear the podcast, because, of course, we air on Tuesdays. But you can always find their daily a, uh, uh, WKRN live sports coverage on Facebook Live every weekday at 5.30, Em? You are just a genius. I am. That is all 100% correct. But yeah, I'm having you as the guest today. So uh, this podcast will come out afterwards. But uh, it is the internet. Things live in infamy on there. So just head to uh, (laughs) wkrn.com and click on the sports tab when you're listening to this and you can uh, get some more buck in your life afterwards. God, the people have, have had more than enough. They cannot get enough though of Adam Vingan's predators coverage on the athletic.com. 
Of course, you can follow him at, at, uh, at Adam Vingen. You can follow Emily at Emily underscore proud. Get your athletic subscriptions now. I am sure they have some kind of discount code available to the Always. people, Vingen. What is yes, the percentage did. off at this point? <laughs> well, for the last few months, we've been running uh, longer uh, free trials. We uh, had a 90-day free trial for a while, which you can still find, and uh, also a 30-day free trial. Um, which I believe is the current offer. Uh, so uh, we've been doing as best we can to provide coverage um, uh, throughout these sportsless times. Uh, that is why I am also dabbling in professional wrestling right now, uh, why because why not? That's right. Emily Proud and Adam Vingen, kind enough to give us their time here on the 615 Sessions. Friends, it is good to see you. I hope that it will be uh, via some other medium besides Zoom at some point in time. But thank you for your time as always. And, uh, and we look forward to catching up again soon. All right, my friends. Be good. Thank you. That's going to do it for us today on the show. Shouts to Adam Vingen and Emily Proud for their time as guest co-hosts, as always, shouts to you guys who continue to rate, review, and subscribe to the 615 Sessions podcast. I need more of your questions in the iTunes review mailbag. You leave those with five stars on Apple Podcasts. We will be sure that ourselves and the guests who join the pod answer a few of those on the way out the door. Meanwhile, you leave us a five-star rating anyway. Uh, four stars simply make you a troll. You cannot be a troll. You need to be better than a troll. You need to leave us five stars in those ratings sections. We will be back with you with more interesting conversations yet to be had. So until Thursday, this is Buck Rising reminding you to stay clean, stay safe, and as always, stay hot, Nashville. This has been the 615 Sessions podcast powered by Tennessee Tickets. Brought to you as always by A to Z Sports and a to zsportsnashville.com.